1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: Thank you for hitting the download button on this very special edition of the WrestleTalk podcast, where Ollie Davis and I will be reviewing the Joker movie. And the reason why we're releasing this on the WrestleTalk podcast feed is because we have launched a brand new podcast. That's right, folks. If you didn't think we were giving you enough content, what we have actually managed to do even more we're now doing podcasts on a daily basis over on screen stalker talking movie news and video game news we're going to do video game reviews and movie reviews and we're kicking all of that off with a review of the joker movie which is in cinemas now you can go and check that out if you really really want to but without further ado here is what ollie and i thought of this and remember go and check out the screen stalker podcast just search for screen stalker in your podcast app of choice and download subscribe give it a rating and review help us get no us in that podcast feed we really really appreciate all you do support Wrestle Talk, support ScreenStalker here's our review enjoy
3: isn't it rich are we a pair me here at last on the ground and you in midair Send in the clown.
4: We are going to do a spoiler free review of Joker for the first bit, where we're not going to give away anything that hasn't already been discussed in the trailers and whatnot. And then, oh, we're going hard. We're ruining the film. We're going to talk about all the stuff. We're breaking through the spoiler wall. Spoiler barrier. Yeah. Spoiler barrier into the spoiler room brawl. And we're going to talk about when. Oh, you know what, our go-to joke about any movie and spoilers is Batman shows up Yes I can't say that about this movie <laughs> He doesn't show up yeah, by spo- the way. Spoilers yeah, yeah. maybe but, like, it's, This movie that's sense. set in the 1970s CM Punk Returns, there you go What a surprise that was Right, so first off, just initial spoiler-free reactions to the film This is a
2: five-star performance in a three-star movie Oh. I think mean, that's my general overview of the movie. It's Joaquin Phoenix's film, isn't it? it oh, and he Joaquin Phoenix is incredible in this movie. This is one of those movies where you say that you get this a lot in sort of film criticism, where an actor falls into a role, sinks into a role and just becomes that character. They're not an actor doing something. They oh, are yeah. the character up on screen. They become that character. And Whacking Phoenix becomes this character of Arthur Fleck. Fleck, 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 Fleck. This character of Arthur Fleck. He becomes this character of Arthur Fleck from start th- right the way through to end. He is that character, and it is
4: mesmerising at times. It's what what he's also done. It's it's not just. Uh, an emotional performance through his facial expressions, so much of his performance is based on physicality. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to get pretentious here. Please do. So much of this film, this character, this performance, like, took me to Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis, which is the story of a man who slowly starts to turn into a cockroach. You know, seminal books and it's a novella, so you know, you can bust it out in a couple of hours. I mean, you could have gone, my sex tape. You, you could have gone with a more contemporary uh
2: comparison like Cronenberg's The Fly. Yeah. Well,
4: you know, that's based <laughs> off that. It's taken inspiration from it. But there's so many scenes because he has lost a lot of weight in this movie. He's done a full Christian bale. Speaking of Batman connection, yeah, right. <laughs> And he's, you know, there's he's got his top off a lot just when he's in the house dancing around when he's by himself when I guess he can be free because he's away from society and he can live in this sort of imaginary world that he's constructed for himself go into little flights of fancy which I I didn't see coming to go off on a tangent I thought this was going to be a very literal point a to point b telling of someone's breaking down Mm -hmm. like breaking down mental states. I didn't know it. it would actually be a much more subjective experience from the protagonist in that you do get dream sequences. They are very subtle dream sequences, but they are inventions in his head.
2: Well, I would say that this movie is all told from his perspective because there is not a single scene that he is not in. And that to me suggests that a lot of the things that happen within the movie, you could always question, is this real life? Is this just fantasy Caught in a landslide, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, and he is trying to escape from reality, you know, to, to further that point. But I think you could argue that a lot of this movie is just his projection of what the world he wants to see is. I think a lot of it is really happening, but there's always that, but is it or is it not? Or is it just all in his head?
4: And that's totally intentional. Like It's it's a real subtle masterstroke, the way, like, how pared back they've made that. Like, you think of one, and we'll come on to it later, but the whole Fight Club style of mm-hmm. directing a movie, that is very flashy, and it's really auteur-driven, very stylistic. This is hearkening back to those 70s, 80s, downbeat New York thrillers.
2: This is Todd Phillips making a Martin Scorsese movie. That's exactly what it is, and it leans on very heavily the King of Comedy yep. and Taxi Driver. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He has essentially taken those as templates. Talk about Cronenberg using your metamorphosis <laughs> uh, analogy earlier. He has taken those as the template
4: and has put DC into them. Mm. Yeah, and it, 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 because like the first half hour of the movie, I'm just sitting back enjoying a very, very good thriller. Not f- thriller's the wrong word, but mm. sort of character, character study. Character study. Yeah, yeah, and the performance. And then there's a bit where they... He, Joker, well, he's not Joker, is he? He's Arthur Fleck, is following a woman to Gotham Bank. yeah, And, like, you know, Gotham's there in big print on the side of the building. I was like, it's a comic book (laughs) film. I'm watching a comic book movie. And you forget that again until someone goes, like, you should be in Arkham
2: State. And you're like, oh, Yeah. It's a comic book film.
4: And to go back to what I was saying earlier, the physicality of his performance, that metamorphosis that he goes through, because it is like he is like popping his shoulders, his shoulder blades are really horribly poking out of his back. He's managing Mm. to... There's a scene, it's in the trailer, where all he's doing is stretching out the rubber soles of his clown boots. Yeah. But it's shot from behind him, and he looks like he's about to go American Werewolf in London. And There's even a line later on in a monologue that he does when he says about the, the, Goth, the people of Gotham City, the downtrodden, the poorer classes, as opposed to Thomas Wayne, you know, Batman's family, the Waynes, the rich elite class, how the lower classes are going to werewolf out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's that American werewolf transformation is there and he's in the way he's moving about and the way he dances around. That dance. Sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mm. mean to cut
2: you off there, but I did want to... I, I think that dance, I was thinking about this as watching it, At Comic-Cons next year, there will be so many people doing that dance. Like, people are going to fall in love with this version of the Joker and will be doing that dance. In the same way that when you went to a Comic-Con in 2009, there were 20,000 people (laughs) in Heath Ledger's Joker all doing the voice. Or like you went to one a couple of years ago and it's like everyone's in Deadpool costumes uh, doing a Deadpool voice. I was doing
4: Harley Quinn. Oh that? yeah, no, yeah, Harley, yeah, well. Harley
2: Quinn's another one, yeah.
4: But yeah, it's it's all about this, someone who's very insular and like this at the start of the movie slowly emerges from their cocoon and becomes this horrible manifestation of, of Joker and it's like this fully narcissistic it's ego Murderous driven. butterfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, ah! <laughs> what a lovely butterfly. Oh my God! Oh my God, he's got a gun! Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's just beautifully told. I... I, I I, when we came out of the movie and you say it's five star performance in a three star film I think it's a five star performance in a four star film okay. so like you know yeah. we're not a million miles it's away apples yeah. 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 and yeah and we saw it with my lady partner as well Luke crashed our double date just a but, single date yeah it was a, it was a yeah. single date it would have been Luke. a really awkward double mm. date if it was just me there and uh, we all said the same thing like huh that was it's not a five star film I don't think so like all of those reviews coming out of Venice were and you know, it, festival circuits. It's the uh, festival hype, I yeah. guess. Yeah. You'll get whipped up in a frenzy about how good something is. Don't believe the hype. But that's not to say this isn't an extraordinary movie, especially for the comic book genre.
2: I think it is. Those five-star reviews are all based on his performance alone. I don't think it's... Maybe it's partly the direction, because I do think that Phillips, who was doing all he can to make everyone not like him by saying idiotic things in, in huh. interviews... But he does really create this 70s style. Granted, I mean, it's lifted from other people's work mm. and he is just like copy, control C, control V into his surroundings. But I do think he shoots it very nicely. But I would argue that all of those five-star reviews coming out of Venice were down to Phoenix's performance and his performance alone.
4: Yes, and then when you get the press screenings that came out this week and more of a, a general non-film critic crowd, that that's when people are like, ah, it's, uh, it's not a f- it's not what everyone said. But again, that's not to say it isn't an absolutely incredible film. I think I went in there with my own expectations. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to. Yeah, absolutely. And I came out not, you know, oh, I didn't see the best film ever. Hmm, I'm slightly disappointed. <laughs> I didn't come out thinking like that. But I'm really excited to see the film again, to pick up on a lot of stuff that I must have missed, and also to go in there knowing what the film is. So I... By the end of the movie, because, I mean, I was thinking, is this
2: my favorite version of the Joker on screen? Mm. And I, at points at times, because he's so good in the role, I was like, this might be my favorite Joker, that I wanted to see more of it. So despite the fact Mm. I still think it is a three-star movie, I do want to see more of his performance. I don't really want this to get a sequel, because I think this is a perfect one-shot comic book, and it should stay that way. But there's another part of me that's like, I really want to see more of that character. I want to see more of that character in the because it's the most exciting Joker we've had in quite some time. Like, I want to... Whoa, I want, whoa,
4: whoa, 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 Jared Leto. Well, less,
2: less said about that, the better. <laughs> you know, even DC don't want to touch that one anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even they went, bit rubbish, really, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, Harley Quinn was good, though. Let's give her her own movie. Um, but I did want to see more of him. And actually, in a way... I want to see him fight Batman. Yes. Like, do you remember when we came out from seeing? We'll suicide? come on to that later. Do you remember when we came out of Suicide Squad and we said, "I do not want to see Batman fight that Joker." Yes. Because that is. An, yes. Uh, yeah. And Very I'm, well I, put. I want to see Batman fight this Joker mm. so bad.
4: Yeah, it's uh, I, I so I re really, I really love this movie, uh, but it's almost bat. Hmm. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to say, because I need to think about it more. We've literally just seen it. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, like, okay.
2: <laughs> about an hour ago we left the cinema.
4: But initial reactions, like, let's just, for the sake of argument, put Joker alongside Batman Begins. Which mm-hmm. Batman Begins is my favourite Batman movie.
2: Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: And let's not get. Delved into what you think of Dark Knight and everything else. I think it's very good. I think it's A very good three-star film. <laughs> but what Dark Knight did is explore the character in a really fun way and had Joker there. Although I think Batman Begins is a better movie. Now that's what I want from Joker. Like I've had my Joker Begins. Yes. I want, because it's 75, 80% of this movie. God, even 85%. 85... Over three quarters of this film is the very slow build, and it's brilliant, really well-paced. I th- You said you got a little bit bored. It
2: lost, it lost me a little wager in the
4: middle portion, yeah. I thought it released information at a good pace, and I was always enraptured by the performance. But you don't get full Joker until... And I don't think that's a spoiler. Until, like, the last... 10 minutes Yeah And it is You know Rogue One And Darth Vader comes in at the end and He's like <laughs> yeah. Bam, bam, bam and This is the Darth <laughs> I've always wanted <laughs> Where's the, I want more of this Vader <laughs> I know And that's not to negate The rest of the movie You need the rest of the movie To get to that enjoyment level But I'm I'm here And it's, this is great I'm here wanting more but, but There is that part in my head Do I need more That's it Like is that just me saying I want it, I want it, I want it That's totally it We don't need another movie Yeah
2: but I kind of want another movie.
4: Yeah, to, to, to leave audiences always wanting more, that's a, that's a hell of a legacy.
2: So we briefly discussed this upon uh, leaving the cinema. We did stick around. I don't think there's also a spoiler to say there's no post credit sequence to no, this. It's no. not that kind of movie.
4: There is a pre-credits sequence. I would say it ends on a cliffhanger, but we'll come on to that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, Okay, yeah, okay, that's interesting. We'll come on to that in the spoiler section. But uh, so, the question I wanted to pose to you was if this movie is successful, and Warner Brothers are clearly hoping that it is a big success, yeah. they're hoping that it's going to get the Oscar buzz carrying over into March, April next year, and I'd imagine they're probably going to hope it's do well at the box office. Are they finally just going to say, do you know what, Matt Reeves, this Batman movie you've been working on for what feels like 10 years at this point, we're just not going to bother now? And instead, we're going to do a Batman sequel to this Joker movie instead, so we can capitalize on this popularity and title it, Batman versus Joker
4: that hopefully they don't call it that i get for the point of the yeah, argument yeah, the, though that's yes. that's a good could, way of putting it yeah,
2: because this matt reeves batman movie has been just mm. languishing for years and i know they're starting to make a bit of headway with it because they've got robert patterson involved as well to to play bruce wayne and batman but could they essentially just like let's throw out everything we've done previously and just start fresh? keep the cast you've got and we'll just do this direction instead because DC aren't quite known for just changing plans on mm. a whim
4: yeah, well, it, it's it's even gotten further than our pats. You're talking to Jonah Hill, apparently. Uh, Jeffrey Wright mm-hmm. as well to play Commissioner Gordon. Great casting. Great. Amazing casting. Jonah Hill in a Batman villain role as well. So I DC are stuck because they don't know what they're doing and they're just trying out different things and seeing what works. They've got the remnants of their previous extended universe sort of scrapped some of the continuity, kept other bits, where weirdly Jared Leto's Joker is a part still. Harley Quinn in the Birds of Prey movie that interacts with stand-ins for that Joker, yeah. apparently. So you've got that stuff going on, and I think Matt Reeves's Batman will fit in with that. And I, I definitely believe there is a market, and it would be foolish business-wise, not to at least attempt a DC version of what Marvel have just revolutionised cinema with. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say, at the same time, you can't also have this second imprint of DC films where you make more adult, These non-connected movies. Yeah, yeah. movies. That are going for that Oscar buzz. Mm. And uh, the, superheroes are our modern day mythology. So you can you can interpret them in so many different ways. You can have these very adult, realistic gritty versions and the more fantastical comic book superhero versions too. I The more I'm talking about it, the more I love Joker. you know mm-hmm. I just yeah, I, I think it's a very, very fascinating film.
2: and it is a it's a bold movie as well it is a bold movie to make in this very political climate that we live in, in this very divisive, this sort of world divided that we're currently a part of. Mm. To release a movie like this, and to make a movie like this, I think is actually quite bold and quite daring to just put this out there and be like, answer the question, like, ask yourself these questions. Because there are times where I'm like, this is holding up a black mirror to society. Where we are glorifying the wrong types of people. Or we are praising, or we are downtrodding the, or you know this and the other. I just think that it's it is holding up mirrors, being like, is this the world we want to create? Mm. And you know, almost like in a Charlie Brooker style way to be like, is this the world? Is this how you want to see the world? Because there's every chance that we could see the world like
4: this. If you start to idolize these types of people, the sure, wrong type of people. Really interestingly, you have had the opposite interpretation that I have had, but no. yours is like yours is totally valid as well. I I do agree with what you said. So I was I was watching Joker and I was like, you know, he he is a. The film never glorifies it. I would say that I never once thought, hmm, I want to be like Joker. I think he's a very sad very very sad story at some points and I I felt I empathized with him but I never sympathized with him you know it, you, you sort of understand and see where he's come from but you it never justifies his actions never explains it the way and that's very good he's always framed as this is you know this is absolutely disgusting what he's doing when he goes deeper and darker down those paths. But it is impossible, just like Heath Ledger's Joker, not to feel drawn to this level of anti-authority. And I think that's what a lot of the initial reviews might have mistaken Joker's character for when they started calling him an anti-hero.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah, because when people start calling him an anti-hero, it's like, lads, have we missed the point of the Joker here? <laughs> he's not a hero. No, he is not.
4: He is the bad guy. Yeah, he's very much a villain. But he is anti-authority and a lot of the film has and it's really well bubbled same in in a similar way how a lot of social unrest is in the background of Frank Miller's Dark Knights mm-hmm. and then it comes to the fore that's what they do throughout this movie you you know that there's tensions between the upper classes and the lower classes in does America have classes the rich and, yeah, the, the, poor. The, rich and Let's the, the poor. Just say yeah, rich and it, poor. It's the ninety-nine and the one. It's a simplified version <laughs> of the very intricate class system we've worked <laughs> up over centuries, <laughs> which we have worked very hard oh, yeah. on. Um, Reginald D. Hunter's got a really funny line. He was like, you, "You don't have racism in the well, we do, but he says you don't have racism in the UK. You're too advanced for it. You just make fun of ginger people." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the yeah, so you've got that unrest happening, and that i mean r- fun fun fact we're probably on the way to another recession and all those like tensions between the rich and the poor are going to flare up a lot next year
2: way or, more than they did the last time we had a recession yeah, yeah, exactly. 10 years ago
4: so you so to and and you know we can fi- we can all feel that coming i think as oh, yeah. as a worldwide culture so so to have joker s- essentially start standing up to authority like that you're like oh That that's cool. And it's cool that like you've created everything's burning. Some people just want to watch the world burn. There's something quite cathartic in that, but also, you know, you keep it at arm's length. Yes. This is you are wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
2: And it's interesting because I think that this is a movie and one of the things I actually really liked about this movie is that it opens up very interesting conversations. Like the conversation we are having now, Mm. and you can kind of raise these points and ask these questions and sort of debate them amongst yourself. Although I do think there is the slight worry, and I think this is like the reactions coming out of the press screenings from Monday were in that sort of balance. It's like, I'm not sure there are people who are ready to have that conversation. They will just see this as, oh, he's right. Mm. He's absolutely right. We should just tear down the authority system and just start murdering people and it's probably fine.
4: I, what, you think people are th- going to come out saying that?
2: Okay, so from a, a story perspective, a friend of mine went to go see it on Monday, and they were standing outside and having a chat with someone, uh, who, had, who also went to go see the film, and a person came up to him and said, have you got a cigarette? And neither of them smoked. They said no, and he's like, okay. I mean, someone's going to kill you one day, and that's fine, and just walked off.
4: But that's just a... D- I mean it's a very <laughs> nasty joke.
2: But, but but okay, you say that that person then if he goes to see this movie is he going to get the wrong idea of this movie is he not going to see that the movie mm. quite clearly says he is a bad person.
4: Yeah, but you can't you can't stop you can't, so you from can't that st- like no. it's like saying oh let's, let's scrap all the Marilyn Manson records. No, I completely no. And I, and, I, and yeah, so yeah, but it's an interesting discussion. That's what I
2: mean. it's an interesting discussion yeah. to be had around the movie. I'm not saying it's wrong. Either way, I actually think the movie does handle it very well. I had a bit of a worry about this movie going in that Todd Phillips was not going to understand that he's the bad guy mm. and it was going to present him as the hero. Um, I was almost thinking at times, is this going to be a bit like Rob Zombie's Halloween? I'd like to think this is going to be the only film show that c- compares <laughs> Joker to Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. Yeah. In that Rob Zombie went too far into sort of like the Michael Myers backstory to be like, Ah, uh, yeah, he was a little murderous child, but look how much—look how much of a dick his dad was. Like, <laughs> look, his mum was a, his mum was lovely, but his sister was a right yeah. knob, you know. And so it, it almost like, oh, so it, that's why Michael killed people. He was justified in what he did. And so I was a bit worried that this might do the same thing with Joker, being like, yeah, he does kill people, but pff, look what he—look what he had to deal with.
4: And it's a remarkable balance how they do it because they do delve into his family history and that's, that's a large part of the character revelations in the film. Mm-hmm. And, but never do I, you know, I sort of understand him more, but I never agree with him. No. Whereas, you know, sometimes when that tact is done, you do find yourself relating more to the, the, the person because of those explanations. But where are
3: the clowns? Send in the clowns. Just when I stopped opening doors,
0: head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
5: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
3: Finally finding the one that I wanted was yours. Making my entrance again with my usual flair. Sure of my line.
4: Right, I don't think we can talk anymore without starting to spoil stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm also conscious if people are just joining us from the talk News as well. This is now the spoiler zone. Yes. We are going to start talking about spoilers. We've got 200 people watching right now. I, I'm hoping that everyone just goes away. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you want to do a quick super chat?
4: Yeah, let's do some super chats in the middle. So we've got a, just from DCF... One of the best origin story for one of the best villains. I so think they've that, yeah. already seen it.
2: Yeah, I think Joker is one of the, the, the great comic book villains. Yeah, if,
4: if not, like, the
2: great comic book villain. He's certainly one of the most iconic uh, comic book villains.
4: Yeah, I've, I've never... It, I mean, can you think of any... Well, just in... in- larger popular culture any greater villains
2: no I can think of, and it certainly helps the fact that he has been in a lot of movies mm. a lot of mainstream movies you know we've seen him in Batman 89 we've seen him in The Dark Knight we've seen him in Suicide Squad now we've seen him here that's four movies you know that's more than most comic book villains have had you know they, he's had more goes at it than anyone else and so I think that yeah he probably is the most recognisable
4: comic book villain have we had any solo movies for super villains Venom Uh, Yeah but he's a tweener Let's just call him a tweener (laughs) He was a bad
2: guy to start with He was very
4: much a tweener in that film
2: yeah, I know, but that's probably one of the but, film's but biggest errors
4: okay. But Joker is is straight out the bad, the bad guy, guy all the yeah. way through. Let's let's make other bold
2: claims on this. This was a better bad guy movie than Venom oh, was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> I think most movies are better than Venom. Okay, so we're entering the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. So uh, let me see. You, you, you start talking about spoiler stuff, and I'm just going to flick through my notes.
2: There is a reveal in this movie that did have me going. Uh-oh. I really hope that we are not going too far down this rabbit hole, which is um, his mum is very unwell Mm. and she has been constantly (laughs) writing letters to Thomas Wayne because she used to work for Thomas Wayne. And she keeps saying, we're in a really bad situation. My son's not well. He's, He's on constant bits of medication. And Thomas Wayne is running for mayor and the city's falling apart. So she wants to keep writing these letters to Thomas Wayne to say, you need to help us. You need to save us. And I, th- I get the impression from the way that the film was framed that Arthur was never sending those letters. And he was just sort of like keeping them for himself. Not keeping them for himself, but he was just... Because he kept saying like, oh, he's not written back. He's not written back. He's like, yeah, no, I don't expect him to write back. Mm. Um, so I got the impression that he was never sending them. But he does read one of them in which she says that Arthur is your son. And so Arthur now believes that Thomas Wayne is his dad. Did I say that right? I believe Thomas Wayne yes. is his dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that that he that Thomas Wayne and his mother Penny had an affair, and they were trying to keep it under wraps. She had to sign lots of documentation, and I and that's when we had a couple of gasps in the audience. Where we were like, "Oh my god, he's Batman's brother!" Oh,
4: s-word, half yeah. brother,
2: half brother. You know, I've got all right, semantics. And um, then that was when we got the other gasp, which because he goes to Wayne Manor and sort of interacts with Bruce <laughs> and. He says to this little... A very young Bruce. A very... 10-year-old Bruce. Yeah, 10-year-old Bruce. And he's kind of like, you know, sort of like playing with this little boy and he's sort of like doing some magic tricks for him. And then he says, what's your name, little boy? And and he goes, Bruce. And the woman behind me went, no way. And I
4: I was like, mate, keep up. (laughs) I heard like two people explaining that to each other. I was like, what needs to be explained? (laughs) Uh, But that scene, again, like just the the staging and the blocking of the movie is... It's... Fleck never gets through the gates. Yeah. He is always walled off from a certain part of society. There's always like a, a mask. I mean, the whole movie is about masks, the makeup that you wear to hide your inner self. And then for Fleck, the Joker is his real self. Just like Superman is the real Clark Kent. It's, yeah. all, it's like this all reverse. Right, Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, yeah, that that bit, I, I did quite like because jo- Fleck's there. And he suddenly feels like he's got a belonging. Suddenly everything makes sense to him. I am special. I'm the son of Thomas Wayne. He's running for mayor. This is my brother. I've got a brother. And he, like he's, he's lovely to Bruce. I think it's more than, more than just that as well. Because when
2: he does eventually confront Thomas Wayne in that bathroom, he's not asking for money. What he's asking for is a hug. Yeah. He's asking for a father figure. A yeah. father figure that we later learn abused him as a child the only father figure that he had in his life because he was an abandoned as a, as a baby and, and Penny adopted him.
4: Yeah, not Thomas. No, not Thomas. No, Thomas that, just his yeah. yeah, so
2: yeah, it's revealed that Penny also had paranoid delusions and she made up the Thomas Wayne thing and that's mm. why she was fired from working for Thomas Wayne.
4: Yeah, so super spoiler territory now. After all that lovely, not lovely stuff, it's an awful movie, but like the, the bit where he feels like Arthur has some belonging in the world, like he might have some talent. He is special. And, and uh, Pennyworth is in that scene. You, you assume it's Pennyworth. There's an um, English but- butler.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I and I really appreciated. I think a lesser film would have said, That's Alfred. Yes. <laughs> a yeah, lesser yeah. film would have, <laughs> would have had someone say, um, <laughs> oh, someone would
4: have gone, oh, Alfred. Alfred yes. Pennyworth, the butler. <laughs> what did you say your name was, sir? Alfred. <laughs> 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 uh, but they. they. Uh, i was lost my train of thought. Sorry, I was thinking about Oh, oh yeah, apologize. so she. Fleck then goes to the, the the sort of Arkham State Hospital where his mother was institutionalized, and he's trying to find out whether she really was institutionalized and whether he really was adopted, like uh, the the Waynes say. Mm. And he he pulls like great scene I think when he manages to grab the and headbutts his, yeah. headbutts the screen to kind of like make him jump. And, and he reads through, and it it shows that his mother was. A delusional narcissist. Yeah. And you're like, what is more joker than those two conditions? Yeah. And he's delusional laughing and while reading this as well. The, the laughter, by the way, we haven't gone on to it, is just a fascinating way of incorporating it into his character. It's a nervous tick. Yeah. It's essentially Tourette's. So he can't, in uncomfortable situations, or when he's feeling emotionally distraught, he laughs. So you have these long, prolonged sequences or scenes where he should be feeling really, really sad. But he's laughing. But it seems like a painful experience. And you're like, laughter and crying aren't that far apart. Yeah. When you there's really that, go for it. Like
2: there's a moment when he's doing his stand-up routine. Oh. And he just gets upset and just starts laughing. But it's essentially like choking. He mm. is choking on his own laughter. Yeah. It's, a, it's quite wild, really. But it's, it's also like... You you almost want to see him like pick yourself up and and do the routine, but he can't stop laughing, and he does. But it's obviously a dream sequence. Well, he does because we do see that he does do at least two jokes. Like yeah. he managed to pick himself back up, but in his mind, he nails He's it. Slays, absolutely <laughs> slays it. There's um certain amount of irony as well in um, Todd Phillips's comments recently about how like he can't do comedy anymore because he can't say anything these days, and this idiotic uh, interview that he gave. Um, about a comedian that bombs and then decides to create a really violent world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he made a lot of comedy movies that bombed and has now made a
4: violent world. But the you get that revelation. So all that specialness of Fleck has been pulled from under his feet. And now what he realises, not just that, but the reality is so much worse. Where he was adopted, his mother went mad effectively, thinking that she had... Mothered uh, Thomas Wayne's illegitimate son when really he was adopted, and then she was in a string of abusive relationships with other men who would abuse him. Abuse him, and, and she just watched. And and the report says that that he he was tied to the radiator. He was malnourished when social services found him. Which
2: then ties into that scene in the middle of the movie when he just takes all the stuff out of the fridge and goes and stands inside it because yeah. you've got to imagine that must have been one oh of the punishments God. that he was given. From from one of his abusive stepfathers,
4: just like hit me with a <laughs> with a profound bomb. Yeah, that's 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 quite something. But yeah, and, and like his mother always says, like because she's very delusional, as the the psychosis report says. There's a flash of her assessment, really, and they confront her with all these things, and she says, "But he was such a happy, he was always such a happy boy." Mm. And he, it, the way they filmed it is, Fleck is in that scene watching over the assessor's shoulder at his mother saying it yeah in this so he's kind of imagining what but th- this is it sounds like oh i'm having a dream sequence it's never like that it's like it's just hard cuts yeah there's no real cinematic language to show you that this is a dream it's all left for you to figure out and that's that's really mature yeah. it's a very mature movie
2: yeah very very mature mm. um and and one of the other things that people have said about this movie that I do disagree with is this idea that it is ultra-violent. Yeah. Because I don't think it is at all. A, a it's lot disturbing. Of, it is disturbing.
4: Yeah, but it's not ultra-violent. But violent. the
2: violence is all suggested, really. Like, there's one graphic kill in the movie, and it's all essentially off-screen. Mm. When he is <clears throat> smashing that guy's head against the wall, it is off... Like, it's just him. You see his actions, but you do not see the bloodshed that comes from that. So you see the body obviously lying on the floor, but the way that some people have phrased this is like, "Oh my God, it's an ultra-violent
4: movie," and really, it's quite tame. I'd, I'd say it's almost quite tame. For, from from the, if you're just talking about amount of blood on the screen, yeah, and actual visceral depictions, what's actually shown? Totally agree, it's not. But I guess that that's that's why this the way it's filmed is so good that people can come away from that movie going. Oh my God, what a violent film.
2: Absolutely right. I didn't consider it like that way, but yeah, you're right.
4: Because you know, there's the the thing about blood where the the human mind, the human memory will always think there's more blood than there was because it's like an evolutionary tactic to say, let's not do that again (laughs) because that made us bleed. So... Here, I think people are going away thinking, wow, God, the, 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 it was just a, a movie full of violence. But in reality, there are two short bursts. One is slightly graphic. The other one is over in a second. And should we talk about that bit now?
2: Well, yeah, again, let's just, because I've just noticed there are more people who have joined us. We are in a spoiler territory section here. Yes. So we are very much in a spoiler review of this movie. Currently, if you are joining us from the WrestleTalk News. Uh, do you want to read out that super chat that we've just got? Oh, yes. Yeah,
4: so uh, Total Blurred says movie wasn't as bloody as the Quentin Tarantino movie. I said the exact same thing to you. You did, you said the
2: exact same words. The
4: the difference was I did have to wait two hours, 35 (laughs) minutes for the coriness of this one. So yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's two hours, 40 minutes long. You wait all that time and you get a little burst of violence at the end. Uh, And you know, I... I didn't think it was—it was violent, sure—but I've seen more violent stuff. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, it's crazy! It's the most violent thing I've ever seen." Did
2: anyone not see the uh, Freddy Alvarez Evil Dead movie? Has everyone just oh like for, god, the yeah. raining blood sequence? Has anyone
4: just yeah. got razor that? blades and eyeballs? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're right. This movie was nowhere near as bloody as that end bit of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But also Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wasn't as bloody as a lot of other films as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, even films in Tarantino's over, I would say. So, yes, I really want to talk about this because I thought it was the best scene in the film. The the final sequence. The final sequence. Completely agree. And that's not, again, it's not to devalue the rest of the movie because all of the stuff that comes beforehand is what puts the foundations in place for why this scene's so good. And it is Fleck, Finally, getting booked on the talk show uh, Murray, Mil- Murray. Murray. Um, Let's just call him Robert De Niro. Yeah. Rob it's De Niro. played by Robert De Niro. The reason that's very important is because De Niro plays essentially the Fleck role, the delusional comedian yeah. in Martin Scorsese's King, King of, of Comedy, Comedy from the 80s, yeah. where he kidnaps Jerry Lewis, who in turn plays the Robert De Niro role that we have here. And this is when Fleck. Completes his transformation into the Joker. So this is when we first. Well, it's not when we first see, but he's you know got full on green hair. Mm-hmm. He's got the white face maker. He's got the suit on. He looks fantastic. absolutely amazing. We also get a bit of our boy Mark Maron. Yep, he's there as a showrunner. Got like two lines. Love him. Absolutely love Mark. And credit to him, what a good agent. He managed
2: to get in the credits. Yeah, had, like a big name. He's not like an <laughs> and or, or like you know he's not just in the the list with Mark <laughs> Maron.
4: <laughs> Future um, Stanley biopic star, oh, yeah, Mark Cameron, it's got to be. But the, the just before he goes out, there's this beautiful shot of him behind the curtain, and this is when he really starts to do a slow dance, and, escaping from that cocoon. And yeah, and it's just him completely finally realizing, yeah, out of the cocoon into killer clown butterfly. And further
2: to that, what I really like about that shot is because he's just doing this dance early, just moments prior to this, there had been a big, brutal attack on the train because Joker uh, or Arthur Fleck killing these three Wayne uh, Enterprise um Workers starts this sort of like uprising of people wearing clown masks and fighting against the the establishment, And he's on a train. He's sort of like trying to hide amongst those while two cops are chasing him and the those Rioters beat up and almost kill these two cops and put them in critical conditions in hospital because the
4: cop kills one of them
2: Because yes, because the cop kills one of them by accident yeah. exactly. Yeah, so then when the when Robert De Niro is introducing him he is saying we are all deeply moved by the tragic events that happened on the Gotham subway and doing this very solemn thing and talking about how we're all deeply affected by it. And he's just there dancing, not a care in the world because he's like, yep, I did that
4: and now I'm free yeah. and this is who I am. And it's just a really wonderful juxtaposition. <clears throat> and while you've got the whole movie of mostly downtrodden Fleck, but he shows, his, shows these glimpses of you know full-on psychotic Joker... It's as soon as he goes through those curtains. And that's become, the end of the transformation The process. showman comes out. And that's why we're both here being like, I want to see the sequel. I want to see more of this character. Because you only get five, ten minutes, ten minutes of this max. version. Yeah, ten minutes max. And he just... but It's like, it was so thrilling to watch the Joker like this yeah. walk around. It's the Joker. It is. Like, everything before was Arthur
2: Fleck. This, this is, is the, the Joker. Joker. Yeah, and he even asks De Niro to be to introduce him as Joker. That is Arthur Fleck is dead. Arthur Fleck is gone. Mm. He is now just
4: the Joker. Yeah, and he, oh, he he comes out and he just he's so confident the way he moves. He he kisses uh, a, the female doctor. an elderly female doctor on the lips for ages. Yeah, and it's you know like you, you sometimes see those sorts of antics on yeah. on chat shows. Uh, So it's like a supremely confident... It is like watching a real-life super villain go and get an interview on a late-night talk show.
2: This felt like it was ripped straight from a Frank Miller... Mm. a Frank Miller comic book, like yeah, those... a Frank Miller Batman book, this sequence would have featured in this.
4: When the Joker convinced everyone he had reformed, he went round on that's all the late night talk what, that's shows. That's why I was thinking about it. And that, yeah, this is yeah. the first part of Dark Knight because it's like a four part, I think it's four parts uh, mm. overall. And yeah, he, he launches an attack on a late night talk show. Yeah. So of course you've got that parallel. You've got the King of Comedy parallels with De Niro, Scorsese and Fleck. What? I don't think anyone's talked about though is Whacking Phoenix's own uncomfortable experience on a late night talk show. I'm talking about the one with David Letterman when they did the movie with Casey Affleck. I I was never. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it is. This was a year. Let me. Phoenix Letterman, (laughs) thrilling, (laughs) thrilling stuff. So yeah, watch. Go and watch this YouTube link. Uh, I can't remember. What is the movie that he's talking about? Yeah, so Casey Affleck, Ben Affleck's brother. I'm Still Here, it's called. Made in 2010. Mm-hmm. And this followed Wackin' Phoenix for a year. Oh, and the yes, whole yeah, idea yeah, yeah. was that... And they it was a work it was a it was a good old fashioned pro wrestling work unfortunately a lot of sort of me too cases have come out since then about it and you know the two guys horrible behavior on set when they were in character like that justifies certain behave like bit things they it was whack phoenix was going to quit acting and become a rapper yeah and he did like he, he went round, he did all the clubs and then that would go viral and people would make fun of it on late night talk shows. And the Ape, it was all, all fabricated, though. No one, everyone bought into this. Uh, the, the climax of this really was him appearing on Letterman. And just being completely non-responsive, and he was just chewing gum for ages, put it in Letterman's coffee. Apparently, Letterman was in on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just like that as well. When I was watching Phoenix here, took me back to that interview as well. That's very yeah. interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a, it's a really, really great sequence, and it is, it is the Joker's. You know, it is his coming out party, which actually kind of comes secondary, not secondary, but it kind of happens after. I'd say the real coming out party for him, which is that the dance down the stairs. Mm. Because Phillips quite purposefully chooses a triggering song to, to add to the uncomfortableness of everything here. Because you are meant to feel uncomfortable watching this. He soundtracks him dancing to Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter, well-known pedophile. Yeah, he's like king of the pedophiles. He's king, yeah, king of <laughs> pedos, Gary Glitter. Yeah. And it is his biggest song... And they are just like, and you are now going to watch this psychopath dance to a. It might as well have been uh, "Time of Kangaroo Down" by Rolf Harris. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, proper like to make you go like, ooh, yeah. Well, oh no, no, this is this is quite uncomfortable, actually.
4: Well, it's it's a really smart move, though. Oh, okay, yeah, it's it's yeah. What you're doing is you've got the Joker movie, which is making you uncomfortable because you're like, oh, I'm I'm enjoying this movie but it's all about all this stuff and it's very similar to unfortunately a number of musical artists who have been since exposed as being pedophiles or doing other things but you your foot keeps tapping to that beat cuz <laughs> yeah i know so it, it's, yeah it, 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 i think it's actually a bit of a genius move <clears throat> I, and it's totally intentional totally intentional yeah any any reviews you read were i disagree with this choice it's like you're being worked but you're supposed <laughs> to disagree with it that's the point uh so right we have this fant really fantastic Actual Joker end scene And then he's arrested He shoots uh, uh, Robert De Niro Niro. And then everyone runs away He's he's arrested And then he's sort of broken out Amongst all these riots These clown riots And in these riots There's a shot of a cinema Where Zorro is playing And you see I really could have done without that You see the Waynes Run out from the cinema Because presumably The riots had spread inside they go down a back alley, crime alley, crime alley, and then one of the just a random protester goes after the Waynes, and of course we've seen this a gazillion times before. Shoots Thomas, shoots Martha. What
2: I thought was really nice about that, though, necklace. is he quote directly quotes Joker's interview, mm. which is it's the line he has a line about Thomas Wayne, and it said like you get what you effing deserve and before he shoots um, Bobby De Niro. And that's exactly the same thing that this guy in the clown mask says to Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne. Martha. When um, uh, w- when he kills them. I We said, and I, I totally agree with you here, because initially I was like, I really could have done without this. I've seen this, this as you said, a gazillion times. All we needed was now showing Zorro. Yeah. And you as a comic Hinted com- it. Hinted it. As a comic book fan, you will put two and two together and be like, oh, wow. And this leads to the death of the Waynes, but we didn't. I don't think we needed to see it. Although I did think that use of the line quoting the Joker just moments
4: prior was actually quite good. It's really affecting, and it also plays into a, a, the, the end end scene, which we'll come on to in a bit. I, I, it was an interesting take on something that's essentially like a nativity play. Now we we've seen so many versions <laughs> yeah. of the the murder of the Wayne family, yeah, and it's always been every version I've seen at least has been. Paul Waynes And you know This is still Paul Waynes But it's more like Oh it was a Act of indiscriminate violence Of just because Crime is widespread It was actually The Joker Is it in Batman 89 yeah. <laughs> But here It was It was because The Waynes Sort of Like well, Thomas Wayne And Martha Wayne Are usually described of, uh, As these almost Angelic like Angelic figures Yeah who can never Be criticised But here it is their own recklessness and snobbery. And I'm not obviously I'm not saying that justifies anything, but it's it's their rhetoric in politics, essentially, when Thomas Wayne is running for mayor that creates this upswell against him and unfortunately very violent. Lethal ends. Mm. So I've never seen that take on, and, and I appreciated it being different. But st- that doesn't warrant it to make it so heavy-handed in the movie that is so subtle everywhere else. That's
2: it. I I could have done
4: without that sequence.
2: And the only other thing I think I w- could have done without, as I said, because the movie I felt sort of sagged a little bit in the middle. The only other thing I think is mishandled in the movie and doesn't really work is the Zazzy beats mm. neighbor down the hall. Mostly because she's missing for a good portion of it, you get sort of like this, you get sort of like this sort of blossoming blossoming relationship between them for a couple of sequences. Then she's gone for a little bit, and then it's just like and then he just goes back to see her again, and we find out they didn't have this relationship. It was all in his head. He made, the Fight Club reveal. Yes. It was like it was
4: in his head the whole time,
2: and I don't think it really worked.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think the I, I like the idea of it. But yes. Yeah. And it did it's poorly execute. It did work, but it could have worked so much better. If you're gonna have that, I think you have to double down and really make everyone believe that she is falling for him. They are going out now, and then it's like. Oh, but they're not. Yeah. And they're like, oh my god. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. I saw this coming from the very first the, scene. As, <laughs> as soon as
2: he, as soon as she was at his door. Yeah. I was
4: like, yeah, I don't buy it. It's yeah. All, it's like, oh, it's here. a dream sequence. Yeah. And that, you know, it's fine. That's like you've you've very effectively set up that we've got an unreliable narrator from the from the get go. Mm-hmm. So I'm doubting these kind of things. That's a very good storytelling. However, in this instance, I think a swerve would have been better than Hitchcock's ticking the, the suspense of the reveal. Yeah. Uh, but. Initially, I was like, oh, the Fight Club reveal was a bit heavy handed because they do flashbacks of all the scenes that they've shared together and they have her in there and then they take her out. And then I was like, I knew that was the case anyway. However, now I'm thinking of it, it's actually quite a smart move because it's Arthur realizing this stuff. Mm. It's not meant for our benefit. It's and Arthur it's, going it's, back yeah. and thinking, no, she wasn't. No, oh, she I, wasn't. I've, I've made this all up. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he kills her. I mean, it's not explicitly said, but. Oh, he kills her. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that's the other, I, I think, yeah, in terms of sort of the poor execution, I almost, maybe I actually got, I like the subtlety of it. Mm. This is a film, you kind of hit the nail on the head for me. When we first came out of seeing this, when you were like, in a couple of days, I'm really going to reassess my feelings on this film. I might come up with a completely different viewpoint. There are times where I've been thinking like, yeah, no, I, I thought I was blah, 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 blah. But as I've been talking about it, I'm actually like, no, actually, I quite like the subtlety mm. of that because the fact that we don't see him kill her is almost better. The fact that we just instead see him do the hand motion, I think is actually probably more powerful than the act itself. Him doing that and her going, uh-oh, I am in trouble, is far more effective than us seeing him do the action.
4: And the next scene is him in the living room his, and there's the sirens, sirens outside. Dead, yeah. I can figure it out. <laughs> uh, but, okay, last bit, because this is the very final scene after the grand... Riot leading than he does. He's obviously locked up. He's institutionalized. He's in a completely white room and he's talking to a psychiatrist who seems weirdly into him. You know, like well, smiling and nodding. I thought it was supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know
2: whether it's supposed to be his projection of it, but she looks exactly like the psychiatrist that he was talking to at the start that eventually said, I can't help you anymore. Mm. And whether or not we're supposed to think, or in his mind, he sees them as the same person. Yeah. He's getting his revenge finally on that person that stopped helping him and stopped giving him his medication.
4: Maybe. But he's, he, he starts to laugh to himself and she says, oh, is anything funny? And he thinks back to the Waynes being shot. Mm. And he was like, "Ah." Oh, you wouldn't you, get it. You wouldn't get it, which is a great line. There's so many great lines in this movie. Uh, you keep telling me not to have bad thoughts, but all I have oh, are bad, bad or negative thoughts. Yeah. I think it is. I also wrote down the first line of the film. I'm obsessed with first lines of things now, and it's just it's brilliant um, in terms of setting the scene, implying that stuff's gonna come. It's a time of change. The opening line after a lot of non-verbal stuff. I'd say it comes about five minutes in. Joker is in a psychiatry session and says is it just me or is it getting crazier out there mm. what a great opening line, yeah. especially for the Joker but yeah so he sees he remembers the Waynes getting murdered that makes him happy he laughs which he wouldn't have seen but you know in theory he could have read about he could yeah. have seen that on the news I think that's okay yeah, yeah fair enough and then the next shot is him walking out of that room still in an institution quite clearly an, an asylum and he's walking along, but one of his footprints is red. And then you're like, oh, that's a lot of blood on his foot. Yeah. And then, oh, you've got a little bit of red on you. Yeah. On, on you. And it's like, you know, it's brilliant because your mind fills in the blanks. I'd, I've just now got this really horrible visual of him stomping her head into the corner of the room. What that final sequence really says,
2: and I think it's indicative of the whole movie, is that Gotham has terrible security. <laughs> Because not a security guard in sight for that poor woman. The Waynes had no Secret Service protection around them, considering he's supposed to be like running for mayor and is supposed to be the sort of high... Like He had someone when they went to the play previously, when he went to the cinema yeah, yeah. previously. Um, and the police do a terrible job of tracking down the killer of those three uh, innocent men who were shot down. Gordon needs to get back in there. Well, that, maybe this is the rise of Gordon. Yeah. He was there going like... Come on, lads. Simple <laughs> we,
4: police procedural work. We have been doing terribly here. Of course there's an uprising. We essentially let them do it. The, <laughs> there was a guy in a clown mask. We found a clown agency. That guy was just fired the day of the murders Everyone's for having a gun in a hospital. <laughs> a, a kids' hospital, no less. Yeah, it's quite bad, bad detective work. Anyway, Gee, I wonder who did it. <laughs> he walks down. He does a little dance. It's all in kind of slow motion. There's discord and orchestral music over the top that's quite happy and they have an almost benny hill bit where he runs away from a guard and runs the other way so are they setting up joker versus bruce well that's it
2: because that final shot of bruce wayne where he is just standing there over his dead parents may as well have had a bat fly past in terms of how (laughs) unsubtle it was um i yeah i I probably could have done without those shots Mm.
4: But a really, really good movie, everyone. I've just got one more super chat to get to from Ryan Vasquez. Greetings from New York City. Great city. Are you guys ever coming to the other side of the pond? One day. Yes, one one day. day. Hopefully soonish. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Great to see the the American
2: swafters. Yes, possible. Something possible this way may come. Um, Sadly not in the New York area, though, which is I I bloody loved. Uh, Any more thoughts on Joker before we wrap up? Um. Yeah, actually, I mean, speaking of New York, um, clearly, Todd Phillips wanted to set this in New York, but was told that he had to set it in Gotham. And he was like, can I just make it New York, though? And or they went, And they went, oh, fine, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I'm sticking by my... I think it is a... Maybe I will say it is a five-star performance in a four-star movie, but I wonder if that's going to be after a couple of days of thinking about mm-hmm. it. Currently, my initial reactions still are it is a five-star performance in a three-star movie. But... Joaquin Phoenix is unbelievably great yeah. in this role. And it is, I s- still think it is, my favourite on-screen Joker. And I really yeah. didn't think anyone would do better than Jack Nicholson in terms of that. But I think he is going to end up being my favourite on-screen Joker.
4: I haven't got any more notes. I was just checking. I've got loads of things. Is Ace in the Hole anything? <laughs> <laughs> One of the clubs at the end was called Ace in the Hole. Oh right. I, I so Where that that's a Joker was that famous? There. I mean, there's the famous Batman cover with with Joker holding Batman on an ace. There was, I'm pretty sure, there was some Royal Flush gang graffiti in mm-hmm. the lift. Uh, Deborah Kane was the name of the social worker at the start. Oh, I missed that. Kane is a obviously uh, Bob sort of, Kane. Yeah, Bob Kane and uh, Barbara Kane is not Barbara Kane. Kane is the name. Carol Kane is Batwoman sometimes. Uh, so that's quite Carol a Carol Kane. Carol Kane I'm pretty sure Carol uh, well I was thinking it was Barbara Gordon oh no it's because I'm thinking of Batgirl that's why yeah Batwoman Sorry, Uh, but yes overall go and see the movie it's fantastic and of course see the movie in cinema
3: that's life
4: that's life
3: that's what all the people say you're riding high in April shot down in May But I know I'm gonna change that tune When I'm back on top, back on top in June